Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm just going to... I'm a bit melancholy. I can't not have this in the middle. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know how you did it. Stood off to the side, Kirsty. Oh, wonderful. I'm just going to be really mean and I'm going to get you to stand to your feet. Let's activate our faith this morning. Let's close our eyes and lift our hands to heaven. We just thank you, God, that in this season you will give us confidence and faith in trust that you are our provider, God. You are the one who has promised us an amazing, abundant, blessed life. And we put our full trust, our full faith, our full confidence in you this morning. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. Thank you. Thank you, church. Why don't you take a seat now? So uh, we've had a cold drifting around our house for about two weeks now, so I apologise if I sniffle a little bit. Here we go. So we are now into our second week of our new series, God is Able. So as we lead up, as Kirsty said, as we lead up to Rise and Build Sunday, which is on the 28th, um, Pastor Chris and Vicky want to focus, um, I guess, the theme of, of our, our messages um, around um, the blessing and provision God has for us. Rather than focusing on what you can give, which I encourage you to do in prayer, but as Brendan said last week, we, we want to focus on how you can get your hands on God's blessing and provision for you in your life in a very real and deliberate way. So let's revisit our scriptures or our scripture, sorry, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8, and we'll read from the New King James Version first. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. It's good, isn't it? It's good. And in the NIV, I think I have it. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I bet you haven't forgotten the video that Brendan showed us. God is able. At your desk at work, typing away, God is able. Workers around you going, what are they doing? When you're doing the dishes in the shower, God is able. I have to admit that in the shower, I'm more singing like, who's in the wiggle house? Who's in the wiggle? I'm singing, I'm singing play school and the wiggles in the shower, not God is able. Because that's the most TV I watch. When Lockie Wiggle and Emma Wiggle got engaged, it was the gossip of my mum's group. Because that is the most TV we watch. So, so you <laughs> have to understand that it is uh, at the back of my mind all the time. But God is able definitely rose above that this week. Oh, hallelujah. So uh, Bro Brendan spoke about how we've been looking at the theme of grace in Galatians. And, and now we're moving into a season where we're going to look at that in terms of God's the impact of God's grace on our finances and to be able to understand that the purpose for the provision that God has given us. So and, and that and that purpose is that so our overflow can be a blessing to others. And God and Brendan used the image of the fountain where God wants to have us to have that abundance to overflow. So God's primary purpose is to have a relationship with us where we trust him 
with all of our needs. And, and uh, that, it is, it is good preaching. And so, and so uh, I have to agree. I thought it was a great message. I listened to it again this week. So if you haven't, if you weren't here last week or you're, um, you know, thinking, oh, I didn't, didn't quite remember, please, just, you just have to go to podcast app on your phone and search C3 Nord and bang, it's there. It's very easy. So this is what I want to focus on today. How do we know we can trust God, especially with our finances? So we're, and, and this is a big part of this verse and I know I'm sort of taking a a side path but bear with me today. Um, At Connect Group on Monday we had a great discussion around this this verse so thank you Brendan and Kirsty for such great notes. Um, One person shared that uh, when they want to bless someone they deliberately pray to God because they know that they might not always have the means and this person said that no matter what it is, by the end of the week, they've got enough to be able to bless the person that they have in mind. You know, another person said that, um, you know, was reflecting about the seasons of life. As, as Loretta alluded to, you know, you always have everything you need. means in every season of life. And that the seasons of life look very different at different times. And, you know, one person expressed that they love to be generous in an anonymous way that it's an act of humility. And another person admitted that they have some difficulty with this verse as it's a really big faith statement. It's a huge promise. It's big language. And it was this admission that really got me thinking. You know, why do I believe in this promise? Why does it spark my hope and faith in God that he will provide every time? You know, why, you know, deep down, don't I panic when things look like they won't work out? It is because I know the character of the one who made the promise. My confidence and trust is in God himself. I know two things about God. I know that he is good and I know that he loves me. And so today I want to briefly talk about why we can trust God and therefore trust the promise but he, because he is good and has good things for us and because he is love and he loves us. So thanks to our awesome Connect group for inspiring my message today. You made it a whole lot easier. So my message title today, In God We Trust, is taken directly from the inscription on American bills and coins. So seeing as we were discussing financial provision, I thought it was particularly fitting. So I won't tell you the entire history, um, but just a, just a little bit of background. In 1861, a minister, so a minister, a Christian minister, wrote to the Secretary of Treasury suggesting this motto be inscribed on coinage. And in 1864, Congress authorised the coinage of two-cent coins on which the motto first appeared. And you fast forward to 1955 and legislation was passed making the term in God we trust mandatory on all coins and all notes, all paper currency. So, and several times I was reading, (laughs) 
that's funny. My husband said, can you help me with this research, you know? <laughs> and the best, the best explanation we could find was on Wikipedia. I'm like, of course. You know, like, can we trust this? I'm like, yeah, it sounds right. So, um, so several times it has been challenged in Congress. They want to, you know, make a motion to remove it. It's even gone to federal court to have it removed. But um, every time it's been overturned. According to a 2003 poll, so it was some time ago, 10, 10 or so years ago, but still, 90% of Americans support the inscription of this phrase on, on their money. So every time money is exchanged, Americans are reminded who is really in charge of their finances. And I think that is so amazing and so important. And we loved it. We were in the States for four weeks um, in 2011 and loved it. It was really hard with the notes because you can't tell them apart. They're not different colours. We're like, what, what is this? But it was, it was amazing. It's, it's everywhere. It's fantastic. So when we trust God with our finances, we can be assured that there will always be enough. And as, as this verse says in 2 Corinthians, um, we will have enough for every season of our lives and the ability to bless those around us. One of my favourite passages in the entire Bible is Matthew chapter 6, uh, where Jesus goes to great lengths to explain that God has our back in the area of financial provision. And my favourite verse is verse 33, and it says, uh, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. To me, this makes things pretty simple. I like it. God is just saying, you know, trust me. Focus on me. Live the way I have called you to live and I will show you how to get provision into your hands every time. But that doesn't mean there isn't a struggle. Everything in me wants to try and figure it out. Who's with me here? Come on, you've got to admit. You want to work it out. Because as Pastor Chris said, we've got the money there. Surely we can work it out. But in these situations, I choose to interpret my circumstance through God's character rather than the other way around. And there have been so many situations, particularly in the last few years we've, where we've been running our own business. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> no, no, no. No, we were... We, we, we knew it was a God thing to do. That's why we did it. Um, but there have been times where we literally did not know how we were going to pay the bills. And when we tried to figure things out ourselves, things didn't work out, ever. But when we, once we decided to trust God, um, things happened. You know, um, Nathan got this, you know, totally left field idea about how to drum up new business or someone finally called or emailed and said, yep, I want that website, I'm going to sign on the dotted line, I want, I want it in two weeks, you know. Um, or, you know, someone blessed us with paying that bill or buying some food or paid for this or that. When you know who you're believing in, you can have confidence that things will work out even when you don't have certainty. Should I say that again? When you know who you're believing in, you can have confidence that things will work out even when you don't have certainty. So when it doesn't look like it, it always does. God cares for us. He is good and wants good things for us. 
He is love and he loves us. He wants to see us succeed. He wants to see us succeed so that we will have enough and more than enough to give, to be generous to those around us. So as I said before, there are two things I know deep down inside, that God loves me and that God is good. It's a revelation I have had. And revelation is not something you measure particularly, it is someone you meet. And that someone is God. So I'm just going um, to look at a few verses about God's love and goodness quickly this morning. So if we go right back to creation, God reflects in Genesis chapter 1 verse 31 that everything he has made is very good. In verse 27 it states that God created humans in his own image. Therefore that we can conclude that God himself is good. In Mark 10 verse 18, someone addresses Jesus as the good father and he rebukes him. He says, uh-uh, only God is truly good. In Psalm 84 verse 11, the psalmist writes, for the Lord God is our sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So not only is God good, but he has good things for us. In Romans 8.28, Paul writes, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. God is good. And because of this, we can have confidence that God will bring about good in our lives. And probably the most well-known scripture of the Bible found in John chapter 3, verse 16, Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life here we see that God's love and his generosity are completely intertwined they cannot be separated because love because God is love and he loves us he gives that is his nature that is his character that is who he is and is something we can trust in and have confidence in in John, First uh, John chapter 4, verse 16, John says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. I remember the day I learnt that verse in kids' church. I was so proud because it is really complex. You've got to get all the words in the right order. And, and, and um, that verse has stayed with me. As I said, it, it's, it's revelation. It's right down here. I know that God loves me. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus gives us that new mandate to love God and love one another. He says we will fulfill all the other commandments if we do these two things. This life that we have chosen to live is based and founded in love. And in um, Psalm 23, at the very end... Um, it's beautiful and the New Living Translation surmises this perfectly. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. It's your goodness and your unfailing love. And so I choose to believe this. And I keep saying I choose to believe this because it is a choice. It is a choice to believe. God, if there's one thing I know about God as well, is that he's a complete gentleman. And I say this to all the new Christians I do the Best Life Basics course with, is that God is a gentleman. He is not going to barge his way in and force you to do or believe anything. 
but he's standing there waiting, knocking on the door of your heart, ready with that revelation for you. You know, um, as I say, yeah, I choose to believe, even when my circumstances don't appear to line up this way. You know, things have happened in my life that I just didn't expect would happen. You know, to be honest, on Friday morning when I woke up, I didn't think I'd be retrieving toys from the toilet, but I did. Jemima thought it'd be a good idea to play with toys around the toilet and I'd retract them. But on a more serious note, (laughs) on a more serious note, you know, I didn't know that last week a good friend of mine would lose her baby, would miscarry. I didn't know going into Easter that our weekend would pretty much be ruined because there was a marriage breakdown in our family. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that just months after getting married, Mason would lose his job and would come down with glandular fever and wouldn't be able to work. I didn't know that. I didn't know, I didn't realise, I didn't contemplate that, you know, 12 years later I would still be struggling with anxiety and depression. I didn't, I didn't count on that. I didn't count on the fact that I would be in situations where I didn't, literally didn't know where our next meal would come from. And these are just things I can think of off the top of my head. But as God promises, everything has worked together for good. And I can see his love and goodness in my life. For every negative thing, there have been far more positive things. I've been a Christian for almost 18 years. That makes me feel really old now. And the blessing always, the blessings always outweigh the curveballs that life throws at me. So I have trusted in God's goodness and love. I have given, we have given faithfully. And I've seen God's faithfulness at every turn, no matter what. But let me just add this disclaimer, just before I go on. We have to be careful not to impose our expectations on God. As that limits his blessing and it disappoints us. So if we are fixed on an idea of how God you know, is going to work something out and we pray for that idea specifically and then it doesn't happen, we get disheartened and disappointed and we think, oh God, why haven't you done it this way? But remember, God works everything together for good according to his purpose and not ours, as the verse says. So, let's lighten the mood. For example... Here are some of the ways God has provided for us that we least expected, but we had faith for. And, and every, after everyone, I want us to say together, God is able. So, God's able. And you can put on the accent if you like, if it makes it more empowering for you. So, when we got engaged, well, when Nathan wanted to provo- pro- um, propose, we had no money whatsoever. None. And someone came to him and said, I want to pay for your engagement ring for Carmen. God is able. We, on, on, on very minimal income and living in Sydney, we were able to afford a four-week holiday to the States. God is able. You know, through a family situation, we um, got our hands on some money and we were able to finish paying for Rise and Build early, not only for this year, but last year. God is able. While I was studying and Mason was on a church wage, a church wage, and living in Sydney, 
we were able to have a wedding. God is able. You know, um, you know, we found places to live in Sydney, and this is going to sound you're like oh, 350 a week, that's all right. We were able to find places to live in Sydney for under $350 a week. God is able. That's almost impossible, isn't it, Loretta? It's almost impossible. We had a place to live in Adelaide before we even moved here. God is able. You know, Nathan's current job, we um, were uh, knocking on every door possible and with our business and looking into the, the new year and nothing was happening. And Nathan went on seek one day and there was a job there that, that fitted his entire skill set perfectly. And he has had two promotions and he has only just come off probation. God is able. God is able. You know, I have two healthy babies and that might not seem like a big deal to you but it is to me because I've been diagnosed um, with the chance of uh, a one in ten chance of that not happening. So God is able. I have two beautiful healthy babies and that's incredible to me. You know, and, and the list goes on and on and on. You know, we have, you know, always have, you know, people are always abundantly generous towards us. And in every season of life, we have been able to give in sometimes very creative ways. <laughs> but God is able in every situation. So um, let me encourage you. I know it's, it's a very short message this morning, short and sweet, but I hope you feel a little bit more encouraged that you can have complete faith and confidence in God that he will supply all our needs and more in every season of life. So um, let's just close our eyes and as we pray, we close this morning. Just, I just thank you, Father, that we have faith in confidence in you. You are the person who has made the promise. And just thank you, God, that a seed of faith has been planted in every heart here this morning. As we determine ourselves to give, I just thank you, God, that we have faith and confidence in you to bring that into our lives, that it will not be a cause for concern or worry, but an opportunity for faith to rise up in us. Lord, we just thank you that the Bible says that if we ask, we shall receive another promise, another promise we can believe in you for to come to pass. We thank you for provision in people's lives. In Jesus' name, in your mighty name, amen. Uh, just before I hand back to Kirsty, I, I just uh, want to take this opportunity to invite you if you haven't invited God if you haven't invited Jesus into your life if you feel like the sound of someone who you can trust and have faith and confidence in sounds pretty good then this is the time and place to do that we just pray a simple prayer to make that introduction to invite him into your life you know as I said before God is a gentleman He's not going to force himself on you, but he is there and he is ready and willing to come in. You know, when I, um, when I prayed this prayer, I felt this incredible peace and this unbelievable 
acknowledged that everything somehow was going to be okay. And I get teary at the thought of it because um, God knows that that's what we need. That in everything in life, at all seasons, at all times, He is there and He will, and everything will be okay. So if that's you this morning in a moment, um, I'd love you to raise your hands so, and then we'll pray together. So I would just ask everyone to close their eyes so there's a bit of anonymity and privacy. So if this is you, if you would love to start this relationship today or you started it once upon a time but you've stopped trusting God and you want to reinitiate that, just raise your hand right now and I'll acknowledge it. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we just pray this prayer together and give our lives to God afresh this morning. Why don't you repeat after me? Thank you, Jesus, that I can have complete faith and trust and confidence in you. I thank you today for your love and your forgiveness and that you have set me free. I leave my old life behind and I start afresh today. In Jesus' name, Amen.